You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews-Okome. So let's get started. Hey, hey guys, welcome, welcome back to the show. Today in the guest chair, I have Brianna Owens, the founder of Spiked Spin. Brianna is the perfect example that when you have a vision in your heart, it doesn't matter what else exists in the market or who you think the competition might be. You just have to go after it. For example, by no means does New York City have a shortage of fitness classes, right? But after five years of spinning across the city, avid cycling fan Brianna decided there was a void, one that she was meant to fill. So balancing her full-time job in advertising, she received her certification in spin and got to work. Brianna wanted to create an experience specifically with women of color in mind. And so Spiked Spin was born. Spiked Spin classes are packed with a diverse array of young women and men committed to getting their bodies and lives together. On today's episode, I talk with Brianna about how she got started, but also why it's so important to have a spirit of discernment, a practice of being in tune with what's on your heart and following what's in your soul. We also talk about the importance of checking your ego and proving out your concept before you take on debt or do things just for show. She is starting her business slow and steady and going about it in a really smart way. I love this conversation with Biana. It was just what I needed, especially heading into the new year. So let's get right into it. So welcome to the guest chair, Brianna. Thank you for having me. Of course. Now, before we get into my questions, I would love for you to tell a little bit about your story. Who is Brianna and how did you get to where you are today? Well, my name is Brianna, obviously. I'm originally from New York and I grew up a little bit in Maryland and then finally in Georgia. And I went to an HBCU, Hampton University, where after graduating, I started a career in advertising. And as I was working in that career, I had the opportunity to be exposed to a lot of awesome, great things, including boutique fitness classes, which otherwise would be extremely too expensive for um, a first year out of college person working in advertising. But luckily, it was one of the perks of the job. Mm -hmm. Um, And with that is where I kind of learned and saw that there was a need in the market for um, fitness that's relevant to different types of people and not just this one mold or model um, that I saw in all of the classes. And that led me to create Spiked Spin. So I'm sure we'll get into each of those things a little bit more, but I do believe that all of those experiences, including living in different places and being exposed to different types of people, have made my have made my transition to um, a business owner a little bit easier, being able to communicate and find a relationship with all types of people um, doing something that I love. So yes, of course. I am Brianna Owens, the founder of Spike Spin. Yes. It's so good to hear in your own words, um, you know, how you kind of came across this idea and why spinning? Like you mentioned different boutique classes. So I'm sure you've taken, you know, not just spinning, but other different type of classes. 
what drew you to this particular form of exercise? I love spinning because I typically prefer to work out alone. Um, I'm not really one of the people who likes to go to the gym and chat with my friends while we talk, what, like walk on the treadmill or, <laughs> um, because I just feel like it's a distraction. Like I want to be in and out. Um, but the thing that I do love about spinning is that you get that individual workout, but you still feel the energy of everyone in the room. And then the other benefit of spinning to me is I used to run a lot. So I had, um, like issues with my knees for a long time. And that was the gentleness on the joints, but still gave me like that same crazy intense workout that I would get if I was like running five miles or anything like that. So the combination of the two, just me wanting to be in my zone, but still need that energy from others. And then me needing to feel like I worked hard at something and not just did like, you know, something an elliptical for 20 minutes or something. Um, so those two things are what mostly attracted me to spinning. So at what point did you start working as a spin instructor? I was, you know, reading up in your bio and your background that that was like your first entry into the idea. So how did that come about? I'm trying to think what year was maybe 2013. I was just an instructor. So I was like a psycho cycling person taking classes (laughs) everywhere. Like it slightly became an obsession. And I think one thing that I didn't mention of why I like cycling is music. It's music based. And I was also, I used to dance in my, in my past. Um, so I like the rhythmic aspect of the workout. Um, and so I would be taking these classes everywhere. And then I took a class and the instructor came up to me and is like, you're really good. Like, she's like, your energy was feeding me today. Like you, you know, and I was like, Oh my God, I was so happy. And like, yes, I'm good. Um, and then she asked me like, have you ever thought about being an instructor yourself? And I'm like, well, actually I've toyed with the idea, but you know, I work full time and blah, 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 blah. And I started going through all of the, you know, reasons that people typically talk themselves out of things. And then she was like, well, if you ever think about it, um, you know, just let me know and I can give you more information. Um, And she gave me her email address. And that night I basically emailed her like, actually, what would the process be like? Like, what would I need to do? And so she sent me a bunch of stuff. I looked into it and within like probably two weeks of that conversation, I got certified. And once you're certified, the thing about cycling is like the certification is not difficult, but finding somewhere that would let you teach is difficult because they, of course, just like any job, um, they want you to have experience. So the certification itself is not difficult. Like, what does it entail? Do you have to like take 10 hard as ever cycling classes or what? No, like you have to be... um, CPR certified, you have to, like those, it's like different certifications that you have to have. And then you do, you can do it either in one day or two days of like a full course. And they just teach you a bunch of different things about like how to properly teach, how to properly ride. And from there, you then have to market yourself um, to try to find a studio that will hire you. Okay. Um, But as I was mentioning, it's typically difficult to find a studio that would hire you with no experience Mm -hmm. because it is group fitness. It is people's, you know, lives almost. And luckily the woman, the instructor who recommended that I become a teacher, she recommended me somewhere um, that I didn't even have to audition. I basically just got my certification and started teaching the next week. Oh, wow. So how long into your own spinning journey were you at this point? Was it like six months in or? No, I was years in. Years in. Okay. Yeah, I was at least 
two and a half years in before I became an instructor. And that's important because I feel like at that point I had become, I wouldn't say like a master by any means because there are people who have been spinning for literally 30 years. Um, but I was definitely very far along and I realized that it was something that I truly enjoyed. I didn't just like have four months of doing it and was like, it's a craze. It was something that I was doing consistently before I was like, okay, I actually really enjoy this. Nice. Okay. So talk us through you going from, I'm teaching classes. I'm an instructor. I'm loving this. This is a great side hustle because you're still working in advertising at this point, right? Yep. Yep. And talk us through going from that to starting to think about this idea of opening your own studio? Um, so initially, I did not think of cycling at all as something that would become a career or a business or anything like that. It was just kind of like, um, this is something I love to do anyway. And instead of paying for it, like I can be paid to do it. That was my initial thought. Um, so I was doing it. And then I slowly started to get this feeling of like it not being fun anymore. And I realized that it's in my control to kind of guide this class and I didn't enjoy the music. I was just kind of like catering to a market that didn't necessarily fit with what I saw or felt could truly be conveyed through this type of workout. And that is where I got the idea of just simply saying, okay, I want to have a class that's catered more to people like me, to my friends, not just something that we pop into and it feels relevant to us when there's like a versus ride or there's a theme ride, but something that's catered literally to the people that we are. Um, and in that, I basically, it started with a mustard seed. I mean, that's the best comparison. It was like a tiny little thought um, that I mentioned to my best friend and my boyfriend um, and my mom. And they were like, okay, we'll just teach a class. Like it literally just started as me saying, okay, I'm going to host the class for my friends with this type of music, this type of vibe. And from there, every single day, I just put one foot in front of the other and Spike Spin was born. Yes, I love that because that is so my motto. You know, I think all of us do ourselves a disservice when we just try to go after the the bigger goal. But if you're just like, hey, I'm, I'm going to throw, I'm going to host a class, see how that feels and go from there. And when you were hosting that class, was that at your home studio? Did Was it easy to get your own class? No. Um, one thing that I would say is that like my journey through this business and just through this process has been very unique and that I would have been allowed to basically host my classes in a competitor's studio, which is unheard of. Um, so many people are still trying to understand how it happened, even myself, because it's <laughs> rare. Um, but that's just more... For me, it's just confirming more confirmation that like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And even though there are times where I see this huge picture um, and I want to be so many different places, I'm, I'm realizing that I'm learning so much through this process. And it's truly been just the path um, that I needed to be on to get where I need to go. Yes, I feel like, oh, I so relate to this. You know, I was just telling someone the other day that I don't know, you know, exactly where I'll be a year from now, five years from now. But I know that what I'm doing right now is leading me to that next thing. Exactly. So I love that. we just yeah. have to trust that process. Now, speaking of that, tell us more about what the early stages of Spike Spin look like. 
Um, the early stages look a lot like the current stages. Mm-hmm. I mean, running a business like this is something that I try to tell all entrepreneurs is truly a roller coaster. Um, so there are very high highs and very low lows. And then there's like this coast in the middle that you get to experience occasionally. That's awesome um, because the high highs are great and the low lows are terrible. Yes. And sometimes <laughs> you just need that like even um, just coast to balance you out. Mm-hmm. But I think I still have the same exact hustle that I had when I first started, which is that I'm nowhere near where I want to be. Um, it's a lot of networking, a lot of putting myself out there, a lot of vulnerability, a lot of loneliness. Um, and that's how I felt in the beginning. And that's exactly still how I feel today, two years later. So I don't want to, you know, give this image that, In two years, you know, you're just coasting and everything's better because I feel like I'm always going through a new beginning. Right. Um, Every time I achieve something, there's like, okay, here's the next thing to do. Mm -hmm. So it may not be the same challenge every time as like in the beginning where it was just like, okay, how do I get people to know that Spikespin exists? It's now like, how do I get Spikespin to the next level? How do I get more people to know it exists? What does it look like on a national scale and international scale? Like, how do we go from this being uh, the mustard seed to it being a a fruitful tree, a fruitful forest. Where do we go from here? So when you say, you know, started with the mustard seed and obviously started with that one class, what happened next? Did you build it out into a series of classes over a week? And then did you continue to work out of a competitor studio or eventually have to do your own space? I continue to... Figure out, and this this is exactly what I mean when I say um, it's similar to the beginning because I'm still always trying to figure things out with scheduling works, with timing works. But in the beginning, it was exactly that. So I started with one Saturday class and then I'm like, okay, I'll do two Saturday classes each month. And then it was like, oh, people are packing out my Saturdays. Okay, I'm going to add, you know, one Saturday every month or four Saturdays in one month, you know, and continue to build the schedule from there. So now we offer classes every almost every day of the week (laughs) um and those things are awesome like to see that I went from just having one class a month that I was trying to fill to trying to fill three classes per month to now filling classes nearly every day it's just been an awesome journey and are you still working out of that competitor space or did you get your own I am okay I am still working out of the competitor space um and that's all of that has been intentional because Um, without sharing too much, it's that spiked has to be spiked and it has, and what that means is it has to be unique and different and fosters, um, a different experience than what we are used to seeing. Mm -hmm. And until I can create that, I have to be patient. And that's something that has been very difficult because I like to present to the world, um, my best self, my best product. That's what the brand is all about. Giving 100% and everything. But there are also these moments in that that require extreme patience. Of course. And, um, that's the hard part, honestly. That's my hard part every day where it's like, I know what I want. I know what it can be, but I can't jump too quickly and make a rash decision that's going to set me back. Right. You know? So I think that's another part that's very difficult as an entrepreneur where you're like, I'm ready to do it now, but God says, wait, but Mm -hmm. you know, everything looks like this, but, and I am, I am very, um, I wouldn't say religious, but I'm very in tune 
with my spirituality and I know timing and I know how important timing is. So yes. Oh, girl, right now I'm just being patient. Yeah, it's coming. It's, time. it's yeah. coming. And you know what's so smart about the way you're moving, though? It's that a lot of times we might think we have to check our ego. And that's a process that I've been learning as well, because our ego will tell us, oh, I need my own spot. Like, how am I going to mm-hmm. be this spike spin person without my own studio? Mm-hmm. But then... That will get you into all sorts of, you know, making purchases, making down Uh payments before you're ready. And then also it's like being within a studio, like it also allows you to market and to promote and expose yourself to these this clientele who's so used to just getting this one experience. And they're like, oh, there's this other thing like, okay, and then they're hooked and then they're hooked. So talk to our audience a bit about what is different about Spike Spin. Tell us about the experience when you come into your class. Um, Spiked is different because we are catering to a very specific target. Um, We're not by any means excluding others, but we know who our core target is and we know what they want from research and from talking to them and from surveys and from, you know, being part of our core target that everything that we do from the beginning of the class and the way that we try to encourage um, interaction to the ride, which is very motivational to our closing, which is very reflective. Um, It's created for a certain type of person who's looking for a certain type of thing out of their workout. So we're not just here to encourage you to be the best in the class. We need everything that you're doing to translate into who you are outside of the studio. So being on the bike and giving a 100% is one thing, but taking that energy and then being the best mom, being the best dad, being the best sister, the best employee, the best coworker, the best, whatever it is, is really what the goal of the, the ride is. And the ride is just the physical aspect of um, the experience. It's, it's the same thing as if I just told, if you were in a speech and heard a motivational speaker, but we're actually riding. So you're, you're physically going through those motions mentally and physically through those 45 minutes of the class or however long the ride is that day. How empowering. And then now, you know, most times you go to techno classes, I say techno classes, but that's what I'm thinking about, right? Most time. I go to spin and it's not the type of music that gets me going. So it's easy for me to stop, you know, when they're like, all right, now do this. I'm like, I'm just going to sit yes. for a second. Yes. <laughs> Talk to us about the the music experience and how that pumps people up. The music is the vibe. Like music is a vibe just in my life. It's how I set the tone when I want to relax at home. I mean, just think about that when you feel like, okay, I need to relax. You're more likely to maybe play some Jill Scott, maybe light a candle. Um, it sets, it sets a mood without you needing to do much. Same thing where it's like, I'm pre-gaming before I go to the club. Maybe I'm going to listen to Travis Scott, maybe Drake, maybe Migos, you know, maybe Meek Mill. So it's those things. And I feel like that's the important part of, um, when I'm creating the ride, I'm thinking about those moments of like, where do we need to be hype? Where might right. we need to chill? Where might we need to relax? Yes. What days? And a lot of it is also dependent on like the time of day, the like a Monday class might feel it's always going to be hip hop, R&B, soul. Like mm-hmm. that never changes. You're never going to come in here. Um, 
anything else, honestly, because that's just not what we do. But a Monday ride may feel completely different than a Thursday ride because Mondays is the start of the week. It may have been a little bit harder to get there. You might be a little bit more tired versus Thursday, you might be pumped up or the opposite. Monday, you could be pumped up because it's the start of the week. You're excited. Thursday, you're kind of worn down. So it really um, depends on the vibe of the room. That's also something that's important. It's like, I go into a class with one thing. I have it set of what I'm expecting, but the energy can always shift and change. Mm. And I think that also is what makes Spike special. It's not this cookie cutter. This is the way it is. It's like what you bring to me is what you're going to take away. Um, What I feel you need. If I feel like the class is down, I'm going to give you up, you know, like there, I'm going to feed off of the energy in the room to make sure people are getting what they need. So how are you managing now you're doing a class every day of the week? And I'm assuming that's not you teaching them all, right? Or is it? Um, It is. (laughs) (laughs) I am. I have flex instructors who are awesome. Um, But that is another thing that goes back to ego where it's like it just wasn't time for that Um, because it's just a lot of moving pieces right now. But I am teaching most every day unless, obviously, if I can't be there, if I'm doing a pop-up, then I do have flex instructors who are awesome and who I love. Um, But it just requires, right now, a lot of hustle, and I'm okay with that. Uh, Obviously, I get tired. I get overwhelmed. I get um, unsure. Like, am am I going crazy? Am I overworking? But I'm not. I'm hustling and I'm sacrificing for a larger goal. And I'm okay with that right now because I'll look back and I'll listen to this podcast and be like, damn, remember when I was only instructor? Now we have 300 instructors around the world. You know, I just look at it as part of the story, as part of the growth um, trajectory of the business. And I just work hard. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of working hard now, how do you juggle your full-time job and how do you make sure your employer feels that you're in it you're motivated you're you know not just trying to do spike spin um it's completely separate so i never really have to run into those issues because i don't typically even discuss spikes when i'm at work like when i'm at work i am a full-time employee of the business here and that's what i mean when i say give 100 percent to everything you're doing so even though i know that i have other goals and i know that obviously i want to achieve other things when i'm here i have to be 100 percent the best here and represent who i am here i am still one of the only black women here um, and I take that very seriously and I take my work very seriously and unlike other people who you know start a business out of desperation or because they hate what they're doing that's not my story I actually love advertising I love strategy I love to um, be doing what I set out to do it's an awesome feeling um, so I keep the two obviously they're always intertwined because I'm always needing to do something for one or the other at all times. Like I'm always on, but I try to keep them as separate as possible when it's like, I need to focus on spike. That's that. And when I need to focus on my full time, I'm doing that. And then are you teaching before and after work? Is that how that works? Typically after. After. Okay. Um, So there are times when I do morning classes, but they're not as frequent as the evening rides. Evening rides are usually much easier for me to manage with being able to, like I mentioned, give 100% to both. Hey guys, it's Nikayla here with a quick word from our sponsors. 
Okay, I have a side hustle hack for all to hear, and it's called Skillshare. You want to know how I grow as a businesswoman? I keep learning. There's not a week that goes by that I'm not checking out a refresher class or a deep dive tutorial. And my go-to is Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 18,000 classes in business, marketing, entrepreneurship, you name it. So whether you're trying to start a side hustle or scale your business, Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving. In the last month alone, I've learned how to set up my email capture landing page on Squarespace and how to boost my email marketing using MailChimp, all through Skillshare. And now, Skillshare has a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right, just 99 cents. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash Hustle Pro. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash Hustle Pro to start your two months now. Tell me if you've ever had this experience. You go to find an everyday nude in the beauty aisle and everything makes your lips look dry and ashy. Thanks to Mented, that is no longer our ministry. Mented, short for pigmented, is an upscale cosmetics brand focused on everyday beauty for women of color. For a while, I convinced myself that nude must mean something else for me. It must mean dusty beige because that is all I ever saw in the beauty aisle. But I can now say goodbye to that lie thanks to Mented's mauve over color. It literally matches my God-given lip color. Mented's multifaceted nudes were crafted with our melanin in mind. And I love Mented so much that I have one of their lip colors in each of the three bags I wear the most so that I always know that I have one on deck. And Mented doesn't just make lipstick. Their glosses are perfect for women who want more sheen. And their everyday eyeshadow palette is so bomb, it sold out four times and had a 2,000-person wait list. Luckily, it's back in stock, though. And also lucky, Side Hustle Pro listeners get 15% off of all their Mented purchases. Just head over to mentedcosmetics.com slash sidehustle or use code sidehustle at checkout. Again, that's mentedcosmetics.com slash sidehustle or use code sidehustle at checkout to enjoy 15% off your purchase. Now, let's talk a little bit about the mental roadblocks as you were starting up. You touched on some of the loneliness, some of the doubt and things that we're always kind of working through. How are you dealing with those? And well, first of all, what challenges popped up and how are you dealing with them? Wow, I could, I could literally uh, go on for days about the challenges that pops up because every day is a new one, including like getting people to show up for the business, getting people to properly support the business beyond just like liking it on Instagram or the hype of it. It's like show up for a class. Am I truly making an impact for what I've set out to do in terms of like people's health and wellness? And those are challenges that... I'm confronted with every single day because there's always a new goal. You know, if Mm -hmm. I impact 20 people, it's like, okay, now I need 30. Okay. Now I need 50. Okay. Now I need 200. So that feeling of just uncertainty all of the time is something that's difficult for me because I am self-proclaimed type A. I like things in order. I like to know what's next. Um, And being an entrepreneur, you don't know any of that because every day could look different. Yes. Um, And you have to be flexible and able to maneuver quickly. And I think those are things that have been a challenge. Um, Also, 
when this vision was given, it was given to me, not to my best friend, not to my fiance, not to my mom, not to my family, not to, you know, so there are times where I see stuff and I see things that maybe they don't see yet. And when you're trying to express yourself to people who don't fully get the vision and it's not that they don't support it. They're like, girl, whatever you're doing, like I'm down, we got yeah. your back, but it's still like the level of like energy, excitement, yes. passion, it's not the same. And that can sometimes feel, you know, lonely because yeah. you're like, okay, I have this, I know this is real. I feel this is real, but like, I don't have anyone to express it at the magnitude, the level of like what it is. And that can in itself be like daunting yes. and like all of those things. And then also just like I mentioned earlier, knowing when to move and not allowing ego or perception or other people's opinions to make you do things before or after you should be doing it. Yes, It's like trying to stay in your divine timing um, without allowing the world to cloud you or rush you. It's something that I feel like, you know, we go through in every stage of life with getting married, with having kids, with mm -hmm. work, with friends, with everything. And when it comes to business, it's especially important to kind of manage that because moving too soon or not soon enough can be the difference of millions of dollars. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, you know, just trying to be thoughtful and all those things. And all those challenges are really um, can be really draining. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, this is a word right here because <laughs> what you just said, um, it's something that I forget. Sometimes the, the fact that we were given the vision, no one else was given the vision of what you have in your heart, what, what your mission is basically. And mm -hmm. it's almost like you can ask and you can, you know, get feedback and there are people who are real like my husband is really really into it like he he knows and he has awesome feedback but at the end of the day there's some things where he's like no you you have to make that decision <laughs> like and it has to be a gut check for me like I have mm -hmm. to think about what does this what does the right answer feel like for Nikayla in my gut in my soul and, and those and, are those hard moments yeah. right because you're like expecting him to solve it for you or right. at least like have more <laughs> like I have this challenge <laughs> and I'm like what are you this is not what I need from you and he's just like you know you're gonna make the right choice and I'm like oh my god that's not what I want to hear right what now he said. <laughs> <laughs> he's like you, you know what to do <laughs> So let's talk about, okay, we're side hustling and I know that feeling all so well. And we're also trying to build up a business. So money is important. Revenue is important. Savings is important. And a lot of people lose money in these first few years of their business, their side hustle. What has been your experience? Um, losing money. I've definitely lost money. Um, it's a terrible feeling, but I always say I rather lose money when I'm still in the like small thousands, not millions. Mm -hmm. um, so lessons like I've done things where it's like strictly for impact or strictly for exposure that definitely could have, you know, that I had to shell out thousands of dollars, um, but that have taken me to another level otherwise. So at this point, I've done mostly bootstrapping, which is paying for it myself um, and just raising money, you know, family and friends. But I think that there comes a point where you realize like you need more and to truly make the impact that you need, you may need to seek outside funding. And that's where I am now. So before, I mean, I honestly... I have a lot of entrepreneurs in my family, um, and I think that's where a lot of my drive and passion comes from. But 
none of them have truly taken it to like the level that I know that this business is going to. Yes. And I don't have the roadmap. I don't have anyone that I can quickly go to and say like, okay, how do I reach out to an investor? How do I talk to this person? What do they want to see? You know, like those are things that I have to research and find people to talk to. And everyone wants a consulting fee for sharing their thoughts. So, you know, there's just a lot of hurdles even in the financial space, but I do realize that funding is necessary. So to your point, have I lost money? Oh my God, yes. Are there days I look at the spite account and I want to just literally give up <laughs> and say, <laughs> you know what, I'm done with this. Let like me just be a business professional. Me. Why exactly. am I paying this business? <laughs> I'm like, let me just be a professional, work in advertising, become a VP, you know. But then something happens that reminds me like, no, Brianna, small losses for big wins. Yes. And I am reminded to keep going. So the financial aspect is definitely hard, but it's doable, especially if you do more research and like that's the phase I'm in right now. And for those who might be in a similar industry or just, you know, thinking about doing something that involves physical space, that involves people, what were some of your startup costs and what surprised you? What were some of the unexpected costs? Uh, That's hard to answer because of how I've been able to run the business within another space. Okay. But I have to pay that rental fee, obviously. But I feel like more of the costs are impacted because I do a lot of pop-ups. So those are typically more expensive for me because I'm typically bringing in the bikes and bringing in the towels and bringing in, literally I'm creating a spin studio out of nothing. Yeah. So those are usually where I incur the most costs. Um, But those are usually also where I incur the most impact because people are exposed to the brand who otherwise maybe would not have had the opportunity to take a class or see me. Um, So I think there's always unexpected costs. Like if you're paying rent, for instance, like I pay rent for the studio. Um, if I don't break even because there aren't enough people showing up or like there are ebbs and flows, if there's, if it's the holiday season and no one's coming or if it's summer, no one's coming. And like all of those things impact if I'm not breaking even or if I'm, you know, then I'm taking a loss. Um, so those are all areas where you can't, prepare for the best you have to prepare for like if no one shows up how am I still able to pay this rent if no one shows up how can I still create these experiences and that's where I think um businesses and entrepreneurs need to be prepared and obviously like I said you need to find that hustle and be willing to sacrifice and how do you at this stage determine if something if it's worth doing for impact and for visibility versus, okay, I'm going to take a loss for this and I'm not sure if I'll see the ROI. Um, So initially I used to just do everything, anything that came my way. I was just like, fine, let's do it. Fine, let's do it. Now I'm much more tactful and thoughtful. So we have a clear mission statement. Um, And when I say we, I have two people on my team who I love and help me to make like a lot of decisions now before it was only me. And now I I call them my advisors because they can just be there to talk through things with me, to be a sounding board, to, um, keep me on track for the mission because I tend to be like, I'm so passionate about the business that I will do a lot of things for free. And they're there. That's like, um, okay, no, we're past that. <laughs> yeah. um, um, because you know, like I said, it's still a business. It's mm-hmm. a pa- it's passionate for me. It's passion, um, where I want to bring it to, but they are there looking at it through the scope of like a business and how it functions. So we have a very clear mission and very clear goals. And we look at whatever the opportunity is and how does it align with those things? If it doesn't, then we'll pass. And if it does, then that's when we'll um, evaluate 
what is the return? Is it going to be an, a large audience? If it's five people, we may have to decline, you know, like, so I think the first step is figuring out and understanding what your mission and goals are. And then from there you decide how does the opportunity align with that? And then from there, what is the ROI and you know, what that looks like, whether it be exposure or impact or money, you know, you, it's, it's kind of like a series of things before you get there. Speaking of advisors, one of the reasons people look for funding and investment is also the, the mentorship piece that can come along with it. And are you also invested in looking for people who have done something similar before you? And how do you approach that process? I think it is important to reach out to people who have done similar things to you, but I, this is just how I am in life. I just think that everyone has a very specific journey. So I take everything with a grain of salt. Like I like to learn from people and I like to ask questions, but I also have to, I think as an entrepreneur, you have to have a spirit of discernment because their story is not your story. Yes. And sometimes when you reach, (laughs) because sometimes when you reach out to people, if they tell you like, and even myself, when I'm giving advice, like I could have gone through something terrible, but that may not be how you're going to experience it. So I like to just be mindful of that when I'm sharing my story with people. It's like, this was my journey and take what you can and leave what you will, mm-hmm. um, because everything's not the same. Every story is not the same. Even like where I may go is not the same. So I definitely think it's important to, yes, um, look for people who have done things similar to what you're doing. Definitely think it's worth the investment in having advisors who, even if they haven't achieved in the same area, like maybe I'm not looking to wellness advisors. I could just be looking to business professionals who have run million dollar companies. Maybe they haven't run a fitness company, but they've run a retail company or food or whatever it is. Um, because there are still synergies in just business. So of course it's important, but also always maintain your lens of focus and your vision. That's such an important point because, you know, especially with a platform like this that exists, these stories aren't meant to give you some kind of blueprint where you go plug it in and boom, you have their story. It's mainly as a point of reference of like what exists, what's possible, and then then once you start on your journey, it's going to be different. Um, So that's such an important point that you bring up. Now, before we transition into the lightning round, I'd love to know two things. One, how are you going about the funding process? You mentioned that it's difficult when, when, you know, you don't necessarily have anyone in your network that's gone through that. So for, and and that's many of us. um, So how have you approached it? I try to do as much research as possible, talk to as many people as possible, go to as many seminars as possible and fill myself with as much knowledge as possible reading so that when I go and talk to people, I'm not blindly speaking. Obviously, there are things that I won't know, but I like to know as much as possible and be prepared. So what I notice is that a lot of times people jump out there and they're just like, I need to do this now. Um, I think it's important to be well educated on anything that you're discussing. So like with the financial piece, I've just been meeting with as many people who are willing to talk to me as many investors as are willing to talk to me. Don't be scared to just reach out and say like, 
hi, can I have 20 minutes of your time? Again, people are, especially nowadays, like, oh, well, my time is money and I need a consulting fee. And you come across that and I'm like, okay, that's great. But then you meet people who are like, actually, yes, like I do have something to share. It doesn't, it's a tear in the bucket for me. It's not going to take away from who I am. And those are the people who usually can provide the best insight because they're willing to share and make you better. Um, without gaining anything. Yes. And those are typically the people that I love to align with. And that's usually how I try to be. It's like, I know I could charge a consulting fee for some things, but some things I'm just like, but why? It doesn't hurt me to be doing this. It only helps you. And um, I just think that's always beneficial. So what would you say is next for Spike Spin? What are you focused on for 2019 and beyond? Um, Actually, right now, I'm just in this moment of uncertainty if I'm honest I was actually praying about this this morning like I have a lot of things bubbling in my brain but nothing has felt quite right yet um so I don't know like I love <laughs> that, that is the most honest answer and I can't yes. believe I just said that on a podcast no but... you know I debate asking this question because you know sometimes it's like one does it even matter like so much can change after you say that but I think it's always interesting to see how people's brain work. And and that would be my answer, too, if I'm being honest. <laughs> so thank you like, for your honesty. I truly do not know. And yes. that's, for me right now, been a very scary internal battle that I'm sharing with you guys. So welcome to my internal battles. Thank um, you. But I literally prayed this morning for clarity and direction because I am very uncertain right now. Like... I've been presented many opportunities. I have many ideas, but nothing is like settled in my spirit. And I don't know if it's fear. I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is right now, but I'm just in a place right now of like waiting. Yes. Which is an odd place to be because I feel like everyone's like 2019 about to take over, you know, like blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I'm sure it'll be great and I'm sure it'll be big, but I honestly don't know what it is. So I'm just waiting. Yes. But I think it's so important to sit with yourself, your thoughts, your spirit. Uh, I think prayer is so important. And, you know, I, I value your transparency on that. And like that sometimes that is where the next step comes from. Like stay, sitting still enough to truly like think things through before you just jump into something. So let's all take a moment for, for that before we head into <laughs> the new year. For real, for real, like uh, log out. Of social media before you start getting like swept up in all these different people's plans because that's what can happen too you start subconsciously you know thinking through other people's plans like oh i want to do right. that fitness plan i want to do that 30-day right. challenge right. <laughs> sit with and i've been thought. thinking about that actually <laughs> like i was saying maybe like the last week or the last two weeks of december mm-hmm. i just need to like you just make a great point without even thinking about it subconsciously you know, there are just so many things that other people are putting out there all the time that you're taking in. And I'm in like this, this moment that I'm having right now of uncertainty, it's like driving me a little crazy. So I'm like wondering, do I need to be more in tune with myself? Do I need to take a break from this? Even though it's like that double-edged sword, because everyone's like, you need to be on social too. Right, you right. Drive your business. Yeah. So it's something that I've been thinking, like, maybe I can't obviously take a month or, you know, I just realistically cannot for the business, but I'm like, maybe I'll take a week or two weeks that are just listening to my own thoughts with no exposure to other people's lives yes. and see if that helps. I mean, I don't know. I prayed about it this morning, like I said, so 
we shall see we shall where see. we go. Yes, <laughs> I think it will be helpful. So I, you know, wish you the best of luck with that. Now, let's jump into a quick lightning round. And um, you know how it goes. We'll just ask you five questions and you answer the first thing that comes to mind. You ready? <laughs> yeah. All right. Number one, what is a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience? Uh, Google. <laughs> My favorite resource. I Google everything. I literally use it for all information. Yes. I think that it's an endless resource of free stuff, of untapped ideas, of just everything. Like Google is your best friend. Yes. Okay. So number two, what's been the best business book or live event or podcast episode that you've consumed this year? How I built this podcast, every single episode, I take something from, I write notes while I'm listening. It is literally my number one um, go-to. All right. Number three, who is a Black woman entrepreneur that you would want to trade places with for a day and why? Oprah. Oh my gosh. I was going to say no Oprah. <laughs> but I was like, let me just... Uh, not Oprah. It has to be Oprah because I am all about like the standard of excellence. And for me, she's the standard of excellence. She has come from nothing and turned it into everything. And that is just, there are so many people in between, but if I got to do trade places, I need to trade places for the best. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Number four, what's a personal habit that has helped you significantly in your business? I'm organized and disciplined. And finally, Brianna, what is your parting advice for fellow women, side hustlers, entrepreneurs who want to be their own boss, but are worried about losing a steady paycheck. Oh, child. Um, I think be as smart as you can when you're making decisions. And I'll leave you with something that Jeff Bezos says. I'm going to paraphrase it, but it's basically know what your end goal is, but be fluid in how you get to it. So I think if you need to, if you know that your end goal is having your own business, that's fine, but be okay with the fluidity of sometimes you may have to work still your full-time job longer than you expected, or you may just have to get like a part-time job doing something that has nothing to do with your industry to keep the lights on. It's just keep your vision and your goal at the front um, and be really fluid in how you achieve that. That is the perfect note to end on. So with that, let people know what's the best way to connect with you after this podcast. Um, I really hope you guys reach out. You can reach me on my personal page at Brie, B-R-I dot Monet, M-O-N-E-E. And please follow all of the Spiked pages. Um, we're at Spiked Spin, S-P-I-K-E-D-S-P-I-N on all social platforms. All right, guys. So there you have it. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you want to hear more from me, head on over to sidehustlepro.co forward slash side hustle corner to get my weekly side hustle diaries chronicles about my own journey from passion project to profitable business. And if you want to find me online, I'm at side hustle pro on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Don't forget to join the Side Hustle Pro Facebook community. Go to sidehustlepro.co forward slash mastermind. And as always, if you love the show, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week. Thank you.